Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Folks, my special guest for episode 106 is a returning guest and dear friend, Rob Guttrow. Rob is an author, paranormal investigator, and medium with inspired ghost tracking of Maryland. Since he was a teen, he could receive messages from ghosts or spirits who have crossed over. As a scientist, he also provides some scientific explanations about how energy is the baseline for the afterlife and the medium that entities use to communicate. In 2005, Rob's late puppy passed and inspired Rob to write his first book and enabled him to communicate with pets. Rob participates in private paranormal investigations, helps ghosts cross over, and has provided countless messages from people or pets as ghosts or spirits. He lived in a haunted house too. We also discuss how he has helped me with grieving my own pets who have crossed the Rainbow Bridge. Before we get to the show, here is a listener-submitted true encounter sent by Sheena Lubitz. My story starts back in March of 2003, when me and a couple friends decided to go to Buck Hill in Wilno, Ontario. The one friend was having an issue with her boyfriend and just wanted to get away, so all of us went up to see if anything would happen. My one friend had to go to the bathroom really bad, so on the first corner she had gotten out and relieved herself. After she had gotten in, we got to the clearing just before the rolling hills and we had seen a light up on the top right. We knew at this point there was no way it could be a motorcycle because it was way too cold. And just as quick as we said it, the light went out and a light came down right in front of us and I had never seen someone turn the vehicle around so fast in such a small space in my entire life as we turned around and went back towards town. We looked back out through the back window and here the light was following us as we screamed, drive faster, faster, and had eventually stopped. We got to the stop sign and thought maybe we should go back, but we had been so shaken by what had happened, we had decided not to. My second story had happened years later from my first story, I would say in summer 2007 or 2008. I was with an ex-boyfriend and a friend we had gotten together and decided we wanted to go to Buck Hill. So we arrived and absolutely nothing happened that night. So after we were there for a couple of hours, we decided to leave, because we had started to get a bad feeling, so we had left, and we had got onto the main highway, and the light came out of the ditch and started following us. As we'd seen this, we drove faster and got freaked out. After, I was back at my ex-boyfriend's place, and we went to bed, and his dad woke us up at 4 a.m. saying that his horn was non-stop blaring. So we went out, and sure enough, the horn had been blaring, and we could not get it to shut off. So he drove down the road to the municipal yard, so we didn't wake anyone up, where someone was coming on shift, and he had offered a wrench to disconnect the battery. And just as he was going to disconnect the battery, the horn stopped. So after we came back and went back to bed and just had a horrible feeling, all of a sudden we could hear in the backyard an engine of a car revving, and we had just looked at each other and said, 
we were not going to get out of the room for the rest of the night. Folks, here's a little backstory about Buck Hill. First, I have to mention that this hill has no houses or streetlights, and the road has a forest on either side. It's said that during the early 20th century, a logger returned home to his wife, daughter, and dog during a snowstorm. His wife told him that the dog had run out, and their daughter went out to look for him. The weather was getting worse, so he grabbed a lantern and started his search for her. He never found her. The legend states that he spent the rest of his life looking for his daughter. Legend also says that to this day, he still searches for her from beyond the grave. Many people claim that today, if you angle your car so it's facing down the hill, flashing your headlights three times while saying, Daddy, 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 a light sometimes described as being green in color will suddenly appear. It's believed to be the father holding his lantern, still looking for his daughter. Some have claimed to have found handprints on their cars, heard screams coming from down the road or in the forest. Some also claim to have seen a dark figure the size of an adult male. Pretty creepy, isn't it? If you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you'd like me to narrate your paranormal encounter, just drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment. Tell your friends, don't keep it to yourself. Tell the world about Paranormal Heart Podcast. You can tell them that new episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 1 p.m. Standard Time. You heard that, 1 p.m. I changed the time. So you can find me on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. I'd like to give a shout out to a new listener I recently met in person. Thank you, Heather, for the chats and for taking time to listen to the show. I greatly appreciate it. Now, on with the show. Hello, Rob. Welcome back to Paranormal Heart. Hi, Kat. Thanks for having me back. It's good to be here. I love having you. Uh, it's been a while. It's been uh, over a year for sure since you were on last time. Wow, that means <laughs> I'm a lot older and maybe a little wiser. <laughs> uh, I'm older and whiter. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you who don't know Rob, uh, why don't you let, let the listeners just give us a little bit of background? Sure. If you didn't hear our uh, last podcast, then you don't know me. <clears throat> yeah. um, so, so the reason I'm here is that I am a paranormal investigator and I'm a medium, and I like to specialize in pets, pet communications. <clears throat> Although I do communicate with people who pass, I think pets are much more agreeable than people. So that's why I specialize there. Um, during the day, though, I am a meteorologist. So as a scientist, it's important for me to use the science of energy to explain how the paranormal works. And as a result, I have written <clears throat> 10 books in three different series, a Pets in the Afterlife series to teach you how your pets communicate, um, a series about ghosts on mediums vacation, because whenever I go on vacation, dead people like to talk to me. And, and then another one about ghosts and spirits, like paranormal investigations and spirits of loved ones who have communicated with me. Nice. I didn't realize you had that many books. That's quite, a, that's quite impressive. Well, thank you. I, I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> I'm actually working on my 11th book, which is the Medium's Vacation series. So you're one of the first ones to know about it. Nice. Thank it's you. It's Ghosts and Medium's Vacation in Ireland and Scotland. Oh, Nice. I take it you've been there. 
Yes, yeah. <clears throat> yes, and I've spoken to a lot of Irish dead people. <laughs> <laughs> what is that like? Um, it's it's kind of cool because when I whenever the people communicate with me from the other side, they come from all different centuries. So it depends on who, where I am and who has a different story to tell. Um, either way, it makes vacation a lot more fun and interesting. I agree. Yeah. Wow. As a, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, my Ghost of England on the Medium's Vacation book, it continually ranks like in the top 200 travel guides for England, which is, is fun. Really? Because people are using it, reading it, and then going to these places looking for the ghosts that I met. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So how did it all start off for you? Was it, um, I know the answer, but the listeners might not know. Uh, so was it something that you grew up with, having these abilities? Um, not until I was 13. So short summary, when I was 13, my grandfather, who had died six or seven months before, appeared to be in full color and scared the life out of me, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, when I told my parents about it, my mother told me she had something she needed to explain, which was <laughs> she had the ability, my grandfather, her father had the ability, uh, and it ran my, my mother's side of the family. So it was nothing for me to be afraid of, per se, um, just to get used to. Although, interestingly enough, my mother was afraid of it. Really? Any idea yeah. why? Uh, I, I think because after her mom passed away, she remembers her mother distinctly calling her name in her ear. And it scared the life out of my mother. Um, and my mother said she didn't want anything more to do with hearing people on the other side. <clears throat> but what's interesting, Kat, is that when, when my abilities uh, finally came back or, or I resurrected them, uh, through my puppy Buzz, who passed away, um, my mother and I used to talk on the phone every day, and she would say, "What dead people you talk to today?" So, <laughs> oh, that's neat. She, yeah, it's kind of funny. I miss my mother. She's passed away. She passed away uh, ten years ago. But, but she and my dad, who are also on the other side, they talk to me all the time. Wow, yeah, my mom passed uh, about 19 years ago, and uh, I've had people tell me that uh, she has tried to communicate with me, but I'm just not picking up on it. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I keep waiting. I keep welcoming <laughs> to, to get something from her. I have lots of dreams about her. Um, okay. And she's happy, that's so that, that's a start, yeah. Um, but I've... At, I'll ask, you know, I'll be in my house and I'll say, are you around, mom? You know, and give me a sign. And I, either I'm oblivious because I am somewhat sensitive, uh, but I'm not picking up on her for whatever reason. Hmm. Have you ever uh, walked into a place and heard a song playing that reminded you of your mother? Oh, yeah. There you go. That's your mom. <clears throat> I never even yeah. thought of that. Yeah. Because my mother does it all the time. Hmm. I will turn on. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll walk into a store and one of my mother's favorite songs will be playing that hasn't played in like forty years, like the song "Everywhere" by Fleetwood Mac. And uh, <laughs> there was another song. I remember walking into a CVS and I was thinking of my mother 
because it was June, it was around the time of her birthday. And I walked over to look for uh, a, like a thank you card. And the first card I picked up had white on the top and I pulled it out and there was a poodle, which was my mother's favorite dog. And then suddenly a Ronnie Millsap song came on the on the uh, intercom and it was her favorite Ronnie Millsap song. And I thought, oh, hello, mom. How many more of these signs can you give me? Yeah. So it's yeah. So her song. Definitely. My mother's birthday was also in June. Oh, look at that. Yeah. See, we're, we're talking about our moms and they're sitting in on this listening going, you better say something good about yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yes. <laughs> so I want to say thank you as well, because last time we spoke, I had my dog Molly, uh, my black lab. And then not too long after that, I think she had passed. And I mm -hmm. remember you had sent me an email. We were, we were just chatting and um, you had told me that... She was still with us and just little signs around the house, like that light underneath the kitchen, uh, kitchen cupboard that is motion sensor that the cats do not activate, but the dog would, um, would activate out of the blue after she passed. Or one of the cats would be curled up where Molly used to curl up in the living room and he would just jump up, run away and then appear on the corner and look at that spot. And I remember you, you had sent me a message one time and you said, what does puppers mean? And I said, oh, that's something we used to call Molly. And I hadn't told you that. I said, yeah, we used to say what a good puppers you are. And really? yeah, and I was just like, well, and it just gave me so much comfort. Um, and it, it really helped with the grieving. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I, I mean, a year ago was a long time ago yeah. for me. I, t I like, tell I people. Yeah. I mean, I, I do so many readings, too, oh. that I don't remember one from the other. and so um, I didn't expect you to remember, but I, I just wanted to let you know that. And I tell people this, too. I said, he does not know of that we used to call her our little puppers. And you're just like, what does puppers mean? So obviously she was sending you a message to give me. And, yeah, like I said, it really helped with the grieving process. That's great. That's excellent. Well. She's still going to come around from time to time, like on her birthday or the anniversary of her passing. Okay. That's what, that's when they usually come around to let us know they're still here. Or holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and interestingly enough, uh, we just we just moved to uh, to Maine. And this week, I, I will tell you that we saw the name Franklin six times. Franklin is our dachshund that passed in 2020. And six different times. We haven't heard the name Franklin in forever. Mm -hmm. But and now there's a hurricane Franklin, of course. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. In the Atlantic. So <laughs> that was the first Franklin. Then we walked, we, we came across Franklin Street and then um, uh, a, a store named Franklin. And there were several other iterations of Franklin. So we know that Franklin's been around us this week. Nice. And we've noticed that our new adoption, Cody, which I call Franklin Jr. because he's a little ornery, like Franklin, <laughs> has been more well-behaved this week. So I know that Franklin's trying to tell him to just, you know, be Chill a better out. dog. Yeah. 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 Nice. We... So that's how you know. That's how you know <laughs> your spirits are around. We adopted another dog. I don't, I don't remember if I told you. We adopted another dog. It'll be two years uh, this November. Uh, she was a rescue from Turkey. She was a year old when we got her. She's part uh, oh, wow. Anatolian Shepherd, part um, Border Collie. 
She's always trying to hurt us. She nips us behind the knees, you know, um, <laughs> it, which is kind of funny. But she resembles, um, she's not the same breed as, as, as Molly was, but when you, she has the same ears, like the, the head kind of, it's just her body just kind of, there's resemblances from her to Molly as well, which is, it's kind of neat. So that's an indication that Molly helped lead you to her so that you would remember Molly every time. I mean, you would remember her every time um, you see your new dog. And that's a great example. That's another example of how pets how pets are giving us signs all the time, because they do lead us to the next pet they want us to adopt. And sometimes they will lead us to one that resembles them. Um, I, I, about six months ago, I met a woman at uh, an event um, that I did, and she told me that how she did not want to adopt another dog that resembled her dog because she wanted her dog to be the only dog that looked like that. So when she went to adopt this other dog that looked totally different, a brown dog, that dog had been adopted by accident early. So they brought up this other dog that looked exactly like her dog that passed. Oh, wow. And that's the one that she it's just yeah. so funny how, how things like that happen. No such thing as a coincidence when no. it comes to spirit. No. You say. Yeah. So how did you go from uh, reading people to, to animals? Was it an easy transition or is it just the animals just came in through stronger than the people? It was actually quite a shocking transition because it happened as a result of my puppy Buzz when he was, he was tragically killed by a car. I'm sorry. When I was walking at seven, I was walking at seven months, and he, there was a dog across the street, and and he pulled on his leash, and I went down to hold him, and it opened, and he ran across the street, and right when I got home, within an hour and a half, it took me to get home um, with his body. Everything started to come one after the other, musical signs, moving things, making noises. Um, and it was, and I used to keep a journal, uh, like a diary. So I would write everything down, and that became the basis of my first book. Um, so he really taught me what to look for, and I thought this would be a great thing to share with everybody, so they would find comfort going with on the other side. And that's how it all happened. Wow, that's. Um that's not a good way to, to, to get into being able to read pets, but yeah, but he, he, he helps you. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's an awful ideal. way to start. But, <laughs> yeah. But I, that made me also realize that we all come here for a purpose and um, our purpose, our time may be very, very short. It's just like people who, who lose human children. Um, we have to figure out what exactly the purpose was out of that tragedy, because there is a reason. Um, and it's usually to help us help others. So <clears throat> Buzz's passing, Buzz's, his accident, um, has opened the doors for me to help bring comfort to people around the world now, which is, to me, it's crazy, but it's also... It's, it also really makes me feel good. So I can't, yeah, Buzz is my, one of my guardians on the other side. He's one of my spirit guides. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he's always keeping me out of trouble. Well, trying. <laughs> to keep me out of 
Yeah, a couple of months ago, well, what are we, we're almost September, so yeah, last month we lost our 14-year-old uh, calico cat, Daisy, um, and we, we were able to um, give her final resting place in our backyard, and uh, oh. it wasn't easy. At, the vet that we had here, I called, and since COVID, it's very difficult to get in to see vets now, and I tried to call and say, look, uh, she needs to cross over. Uh, how mm-hmm. soon can I get can I get her in? And this is the beginning of June. Oh, we can get her in the end of the end of June. I'm like, she's not going to last that long. I don't want her to suffer. And this is end of June. Yeah. So I called the entire valley. I called because I'm in the Ottawa Valley in Ontario, and I I called uh, just before Ottawa, and no vets were taking any any clients. So um, I used to volunteer at the SPCA here years ago, and I still have some people that I know. So I reached out to one of my friends, and I said, "What can I do? Like, can I bring her to the shelter? Can you guys do it? You know, I would pay you. I don't want her to to suffer." She says, "Well, it's not really something we do, but." reach out to the manager or try this other vet clinic. It's about uh, 45 minutes away from here. So I called and they said, uh, we only take puppies or kittens. And I said, well, I, I explained to them the situation. I said, she's suffering. I don't want her to suffer anymore. And she said, okay, just a minute. So she puts me on hold, went to talk to a vet, and they said, can you bring her in in three days? I'm like, absolutely. So we tried to wow. make her time as comfortable as we could. Uh, she wasn't eating or drinking. She was always in the same spot. We would bring her her food and water. <laughs> We'd cuddle with her, tell her how much we love her. And, uh, you know, we've had a good life with her and everything. And uh, she would still purr a lot, you know. Um, but uh, finally got got her in and they were able to do it for us. And, of course, it wasn't an easy thing to do. But um, in a way, it's comforting to know. I, I went to the dollar store and her name's Daisy and I got a flower that's to put in the garden. It's a metal metal flower. So that's kind of like mm-hmm. her, her marker. So often I go outside and I look at the marker and I say, hi, Daisy. You know, um, it's just amazing how animals can touch us. Oh, <clears throat> more more so than people. Yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, because you and I meet a lot of people in our professions yeah. and um, I remember the animals. Um, like we just moved into this new neighborhood and I remember the animals and more than the people. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I work at the front desk at a hotel here. And uh, we gave the um, idea to management that when people bring in their dogs, because we are pet friendly, and their cats, mm-hmm. we should have little treat bags for them. So we now have little dog bags and little cat bags and with toys and all that. So whenever the guests come in, we just give them, it's like, here's something for your pup. And they're, they're like, oh, thank you so much. And it's like, well, we appreciate our canine and feline guests as well, you know. But anytime anybody brings in their dog, everybody at the front desk was like, oh, my God, this is so adorable. And then a lot of times they said, do you want to come pet him? And we're like, can we please? You know, just... Um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it just we we've we get to see so many amazing amazing dogs. Cats, not so much because they're always in their carriers, but yeah, it's it's so nice. But do you find it easier to communicate with with animals than it is with pets? You mean wild animals? Uh, sorry, animals rather than uh, and people. But yeah, we'll get to the wild animals after. So is it easier oh, yeah. communicating <laughs> with with the with pets and people? Sorry, I looked at the the image of the pets next to you, and I just kind of went there. <laughs> but I meant, oh. yeah. Um, no, it's pretty much it's pretty much the same for me. I can communicate with either people or pets. Mm-hmm. It's just. Um, it, it, 
for the most part, I, I communicate with earthbound choosing because I go on paranormal investigations and that, and they're all earthbound. Those are earthbound. Um, I, I stopped doing uh, readings of spirits, ones that have crossed over just because there's too many, there's too many hangups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but pets, um, they, pets are just as communicative as people because being in the household, they they pick up on uh, all kinds of words and um, habits and emotions. Um, they even pick up on music and other things. Uh, one cat came through to me and um, kept telling me to, telling me about Taylor Swift. <laughs> so you know, I when I do my readings, I just message I just email every all my readings that's how I do it and I don't know anything about anything other than the name of the cat and the picture of the cat um, and whatever questions the pet parent has so I said for some reason your cat is is just going on and on about Taylor Swift and <laughs> and how she used to listen to Taylor Swift and and the, the mother wrote back the woman wrote back who was the mom and said um, my cat used to go up to my daughter's room all the time and people said that she looks like Taylor Swift. So she played Taylor Swift 24 hours a day. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you know, there's, and I don't even know where they live. I have no idea. But um, there's no way I would have known that. (laughs) But cats are very perceptive, just like dogs are. I've never even thought that uh, pets would like music too. But I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can tell too. So we leave music on when we go out for the kids uh, and leave the kids at home. And every now and then I'll put classical music on because I heard it's good for dogs. But they uh, they seem to like like me. They they like eighties pop, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, or or even country from the eighties, seventies and eighties. So. Um, I guess because they, what they do is they read my emotions and they know that whenever that kind of music comes on, I'm always singing to it and I'm always happy. And I think that makes them happy too. Uh, it's, they're picking up on the positive energy as well from you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I think that's how it works. Are you able to walk us through what it's like doing a reading for a client who wants to uh, get information about their, their pet who's crossed over? Sure. Um, so I do them by email and um, I charge a small fee and just because it takes so much time, it takes about 30 to 45 minutes. And what happens is I get the, the picture of the, the pet and then uh, the na- pet's name and, and the number of people in the household or and the names of the people in the household. Because when there are children, I've found that if I don't address the children or if I don't ask the cat or dog about the children, then they're not going to bring them up. And the kids will be offended or hurt that they weren't mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you how many readings I did in the beginning where the pet, where the pet parents would say, well, uh, Mary Ann, my, my five-year-old daughter loved that cat and the cat didn't say anything about Mary Ann. And, and I'm just miserable about this whole, oh. I don't know. So when I do a reading, I say to people, if you want something addressed, ask the question. If you want the cat to say something about your daughter, ask me to ask your cat about your daughter. Um, 
they're not, I mean, they may be spirit, but they're not mind readers. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it, it's just like talking to a person or, um, or a pet in person. If you say sit, they'll sit. But if you look at them and tilt your head, they're not going to sit because they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing with, with readings. Um, but when I do readings, usually the first thing that happens is the pet will give me kind of a data dump in the beginning. Like they may tell me a, a favorite memory or they may tell me uh, something they used to like to do or a place in the house that they would go or, or what made them happy or um, what was their happiest day. So I, I write all these things down and then I get to people's questions. And then half the time um, I see questions about what pet answered in the beginning. Because I, e I don't read the questions before I do the reading. Once I get to the questions, if the cat or dog didn't answer the question, then I will ask the cat or dog what, you know, what they did. So, so that's how it works. It's a long process. I mean, I have written sometimes three and four pages. Oh, wow. That's a lot. <laughs> I know from a dog or a cat. Yeah. Even, I mean, a rabbit or a gerbil. They have a lot to yeah. say. Yeah, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I remember you telling me about Molly, uh, how she used to like to always uh, sneak and sleep on our bed when we were up and we tried not to let her sleep there. And you're like, yeah, she used to like it when she slept on your bed, but you didn't let her. I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was cool. Oh, gosh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like I said, I, did, I don't expect you to remember all that because you, you talk to so many people. Yeah, I can't even keep. I can't even keep them straight. What I, you know, what I, who I talked to uh, yesterday. So. Do you find animals more excited that you're able to communicate with them than than people uh, when they've crossed over, or is it about the same? Oh, animals are much more enthusiastic. Yeah. To talk, they they really want to share um, that they're okay and that that they're around and that. Um, they love them. They love their pet parent very much. Um, when I talk to people on the other side, they don't have that enthusiasm. It's like coming home and your dog is wagging his tail and, you know, and jumping up and down on you um, versus coming home to like, I come home to my husband and he's like, oh, are you home? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I missed you too. <laughs> yeah. There's no tail wagging. There's no, you know, happy bark. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so it, it, people are like that in spirit too. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, whenever we come home, Willow just loses her mind. She's just, especially my son. My son moved to Ottawa uh, in January and they uh -huh. are the ones that bonded together the most. Uh, Willow loves all of us and we love her, but the connection with my son and Willow is just something so special. So when he comes home, she spins mm -hmm. and dances and I, the, the sounds that come from her is not like what she gives us. Uh, it's just amazing. She's so excited to see him. It's like, you're, and then when he, cause he's usually home for the weekend when he does mm -hmm. visit and when he leaves, she's usually so depressed for about two days. Uh, she's getting better oh. now. Um, usually it's just that day that he leaves, she's really upset. And the next day she's okay. But for a while, it was like for a couple of days she was sad. And we kept trying to tell her, he'll be back. You know, he moved away. He still loves you. <laughs> like, you'll see him again. 
So there's a couple that brings a couple of things to mind. I'm glad you brought that up. So for several reasons. Um, so and I've worked with uh, I've worked for dog rescues for a long time, like 15 years as a volunteer. Um, and one thing I find that when your dog, uh, a dog has anxiety or is depressed when someone leaves, like goes off to college or whatever, mm-hmm. it's helpful sometimes to put some socks that they have worn in the dog's bed. Um, same thing when you go on vacation. Um, I know that even when I'm here, at, if I go in another room, our dachshund Tyler, who is really bonded to me, he will go look for some piece of clothing of mine that he has access to and drag it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's really helpful. And that's also helpful when a companion pet passes Um, to not only put what a piece of your clothing in their bed, because they're going to feel depression um, just the way we are. Um, But you may also uh, put like, your dog or cat's collar in their bed, or or a toy, a favorite toy that your other your dog or cat who had passed uh, loved, um, just so it has their scent on it, as a way to comfort the pet. That because the pets are grieving just like we are. I never even thought of that. I learn a lot from talking to pets on the other side. You do, yeah. Now I feel horrible <laughs> that I've never done that, but I I didn't. I had no idea. Wow. <laughs> No, most most of us would not. I wouldn't know that unless they told you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there was a there was a dog in spirit that told me go get their toy, their favorite toy, and put it in the bed of their brother. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. When so. when my son was still living here, uh, she would sneak into his room and go into his laundry, whether it was clean or dirty, and bring out a sock. Or a, yep. or a work glove or whatever into the living room, and I take it, I go put it back, and next thing I know, it's in the living room again. It's like, no, you need to. So yeah, next time he comes home, I'm gonna have to say, yeah, you're gonna have to leave those socks here, and he'll probably be like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why? <laughs> or surprise him with a pair of socks and say, you have to wear these, Only and then home. you can't take them with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'll have to do that for <laughs> for uh, Willow. It might uh, it might help her for when whenever he has to leave again. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you can, you know, eat, yeah, I mean, I don't know how big Willow is, but you can even put the socks on her paws. Yeah. She's a medium-sized so that, dog, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's not a chihuahua, but she's not, she's a little smaller than Molly was, and she was a black lab, so uh, she's she's a good size. She's she's a size that I wanted. Which so is, she might be able to wear gym socks. <laughs> yes, she might. <laughs> I'll have to try that, Yeah. <laughs> There you go. We're learning an awful lot tonight, aren't we? <laughs> we are, yes. Uh, yeah, there's things that I, well, like I said, next time a pet passes, I'll have to try that. Wow. Yeah, because we still have two cats and, and our dog. Yes. So, um, yeah, um, I've never been in a house without pets. I've Ever since I was a little girl, I've always had animals around me. It was usually cats, and then when we got married, uh, then we started having a dog because he is military and... Um, he was going to be away for a while, you know, months at a time sometimes. And uh, with the kids, I didn't want to be home alone. So I said, well, we need to get a dog. And then mm-hmm. I wasn't really a dog lover before. I, I, I liked them, but I was just like, yeah, you're a good, you're a good, good pup, you know. But now it's just like, oh, look at the face, you know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> totally won, uh, won over. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think too because after we lost um, Molly, we it was during COVID, and we had we adopted through the SPCA this other dog, and we couldn't have a meet and greet in person. It was virtually, and oh. it didn't last well. I, it it didn't go well. We had the dog for three days, and um, the dog attacked all of us. Uh, oh my the gosh. last yeah, it just lunged. Like he would be great. Uh, we had named him Walter. He he would be great, you know, accepting the pets. And all of a sudden he just lunged and I could not figure out what the trigger was. And the last draw was my daughter was on the couch petting him and he lunged at her face and she put her hand in front and he got her wrist. Uh, broke the skin a little bit and bruised it. But, you know, and then I messaged the SBCA and said, I don't even feel safe bringing him back to you. You need to come get him. So they came to get him. And... Um, I remember wow. messaging you about this, and uh, I had a feeling what he had, and you said he was bipolar, and I said that's exactly how we thought he was, and I remember you telling us that he. I remember um, that. Yeah, and uh, I remember you saying that um, he wanted to let us know that he didn't feel bad, he wasn't upset with us, you know, uh, he was thankful for the three days that he was with us because of the love that we did give him. Uh, although we got to be afraid of him towards the end, but we were so so thankful that it wasn't a family with little children who adopted him, because that could have been really yes. bad. So when we adopted Willow, uh, the organization, I told them, I said, I don't want to do a virtual um, meet and greet. It has to be in person. And they actually brought the dog to our house, which I was wow. so happy. Yeah. Um, so what that organization does, they bring him from Turkey, and then they find a foster family so they can work with them. And they had little kids, they had bunnies and all that, you know. So they brought the dog to the house and she was great. And my son was really apprehensive because of the last dog that we had. And I said, if only if one of us says no, it's a no. We all have to be unanimous. So mm -hmm. I didn't even finish asking the question, what do you guys think? After a couple of hours of sitting on the floor with the dog, my son gave the thumbs up and it's like, okay. So I think maybe she was, because he was so apprehensive about the last dog, so it was my daughter, but not as much as my son. I think she, maybe she sensed that. And we jokingly say it's, she's his emotional support dog in a way, you know, because it was, it was really rough for him. And I think she sensed that. And I think maybe that's why the bond, I, I don't know, I'm guessing. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's quite a, uh, a wonderful thing for them to bring the dog to your house. Yeah. And that, that really is helpful, too, because the dog will uh, get to know the sense yep. uh, of the house. And that's that's important for them. I mean, it's not important for us. Yeah. You know, um, but that can bring them comfort or that some, even sense can trigger something. Yeah. Yeah. We were willing if to they go had there. A bad yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like people, you know, uh, sense can actually trigger uh, like a PTSD, uh, you know, if, if they had any kind of a trauma, sense, uh, yeah. sounds will, will trigger those. So uh, we were willing to go there, but they said, no, we'll bring her to your house, which I was really happy because, like you said, I wanted to make sure she was going to feel comfortable in the house, too. And if she didn't, mm -hmm. then we would know it would, she wouldn't be a good fit and we'll try try another dog. But it worked out. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're you're working on another book now, correct? I am. It's um, ghosts uh, ghosts of Ireland and Scotland on a medium's vacation. Yep, that's awesome. So, and, and then I have, I actually have five more after that already lined up. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm trying to do one a year. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
you know, I, I'm getting old. I I have to hurry. <laughs> <laughs> My husband always says, you don't have that much time left. You better hurry up. <laughs> He's so sarcastic. <laughs> Jeb's there. It's like, oh, it's you when you come home from work. Wow. <laughs> That's so, what it's all about. <laughs> so what, what's, the, what's the latest uh, pet in the afterlife that, that is out now? Is it number four that's out? It is number four. Yeah, it's pets in the afterlife cats. I, I can show you. Yeah. We're talking to each other. Yeah. But um, so for the audience, yeah, it's pets in the afterlife four messages from spirit cats. And the reason I decided to do uh, a fourth one and make it about cats is because um, I had the previous one was, of course, three, and it was about dogs. And it featured two chapters on two of our dogs, Dolly and Franklin, who both passed within um, five months of each other in 2020. Oh. And it was the worst year ever. Um but Dolly and Franklin came through pretty much both of them immediately after they passed with some amazing signs. So those signs are in Pets in the Afterlife 3. And um, Dolly was my heart dog. She, that means that the, it's the pet you're the closest to. Mm -hmm. and, um, and now I, have, now I have Tyler, who is my little heart dog. Tyler was actually bonded with Dolly. When, when we adopted Tyler, um, and that's what happens with dogs and cats, too, is that sometimes they will bond with each other and they're inseparable. Uh, so Tyler, our dachshund, came in um, when Dolly was seven years old and they did everything together. So you have a, you have a big Weimar runner and you have a tiny little dachshund and they're, <laughs> they're all together all the time. Um, but anyway, so Pets 3 is, is about dogs. It's really special. And when I write these Pets books... Um, I, I am granted permission by the pet parent after I do a reading, um, to include it in the next book. And every single chapter has a picture associated with the pet that I read. Aww. So, yeah. So I, I like to write books the way I like to read, which is very short chapters mm -hmm. and have a picture every couple of pages. <laughs> So, because you know, when you're writing about a certain pet, you want to know what they look like. Yeah. Because when you can when you can see what somebody looks like, it gives you a good feel for you know their actions and behaviors. So, so pets in the afterlife four is about spirit cats, and I've never had a cat, but I have learned so much communicating with them. Oh, you've never uh, had a cat. That's interesting. Nope. I have not. Hmm. Um, and. and we talked about music um, with musical messages. Mm -hmm. Well, there was one particular cat that gave me a musical message, and it's in my book, Pets in the Afterlife 4. It, his name was Lucky Lou. Mm -hmm. And he's a, he's a really beautiful cat. I can actually I can show you a picture. Yeah. Oh, can you hold you can, Oh, can there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a beautiful cat. He is. And uh, when... Uh, so when, when the, the the pet mom sent me a note asking me to do a reading for Lucky Lou, she didn't, you know, there were there were no details, just his name and uh, a couple of questions like, was he, you know, what 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 did he have? Was he suffering and so forth? And then suddenly, um, 
as I was doing the reading, I heard Lucky Lou say, um, hello from the other side. And, and I thought, okay, I, I told her I purposely wasn't quoting Adele, but, yeah. Adele. <laughs> but I said, but, but it popped in my head. And that's one thing that he, that he kept repeating over and over again. So she replied when she got the, the, the uh, reading, she said, I'm going to read this. She said, haha, I love Adele. Thank you. The pain has been so unbearable and I'm so anxious for it to subside I, that I can reconnect with, with her. Lou is a girl. Um, she was with me for 18 years. And then a couple of hours later, she wrote me another email. And she said, wow, I got into the car to take the kids to a play. I have never, I, I'm, I've never had a regular radio on, but when I fired up my car, guess what? Attached is the photo for my car. Right after, uh, <laughs> right after you emailed me and I went in the car, the radio went on playing the Adele song, Hello from the Other Side. Oh, I got and she, goosebumps. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So so she even gave me the picture. So I, uh, yeah. I put the picture in there <laughs> That's from her, her dashboard. It said, Hello from the Other Side. <laughs> so she was flabbergasted. And so was I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That... So you you know that whenever you turn on the radio or you turn on the TV at a certain time, just randomly, mm. somebody may be influencing you to do that at that moment, on that day, at that time, because they have a message they want to send to you. And that was Lucky Lou's message to his. Oh, wow. That, that's amazing. You, you help so many people with the grieving process. Like, you're just amazing. Oh, I don't think I'm amazing. I'm just kind of the messenger. But uh, and so here's the other. Thing. So here's the other thing, Kat, is that when when I do these readings, I doubt myself. I'm like, do you really? I'm not gonna. Yeah, well, sure. I, I don't. You know, because I, I hear the craziest things. I'm like, like hello from the other side. I'm sitting here and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna write that. <laughs> and, and then I hear "Hello from the other side," and I'm like, "Okay, okay, I'll write it." Like, like the other cat that was giving me the Taylor Swift over and over again. I'm like, "Okay, I mean, I know like three or four Taylor Swift songs, but you know, yeah, I li listen to '80s pop, so I'm not I'm not up on Adele or Taylor Swift or any of these people. So, um, so for me to get these messages, I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah." But even though I doubt myself, I should never doubt spirit because they always have a specific message. I, uh, whenever I have um, feelings, instincts, uh, visions of, of something, I doubt myself as well. And then um, constantly. And then when I mention to like if I if I'm picking up on something for about a particular person and I message them, uh, it's usually friends and I'll message them and then they say, Oh yeah, that makes total sense. And I'm like, okay, stop doubting yourself. This, you know, uh, it's like, stop <laughs> yeah. it. So it's kind of nice to know I'm not the only one. <laughs> nope, not at all. I yeah. doubt myself all the time when I get these messages. And oh. um, I, I do know that one thing that I, I shouldn't do is like put my experience into a message. What I mean by that is if some, if a pet gives me a message, uh, I may say, oh, well, you know, maybe that means this or that. I just need to say, this is the message and leave 
what I may think it means out. Uh, yeah, gotcha, yeah. <laughs> because I'm always wrong when I say, oh, you know, well, it, to me, this means this. But and <laughs> then I realized less is more. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> these messages have to really be interpreted by the pet parent, not by me. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'll see a specific color with an individual, and if I see, let's say, yellow with you, and I see yellow with someone else, it's not going to have the same meaning. So I usually message them and say, hey, I'm seeing a yellow, and I'll usually take a screenshot of the shade that I'm seeing, and I send it to them. Does this mean anything to you? And like, oh, yeah, totally, and then they'll tell me. But even if, mm -hmm. if two people had, if I saw the identical color, um, it could be two different meanings for the individuals. I get that. Yeah. I mean, one person could be a daisy. The other could be a banana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> is your husband sensitive as well? Is he a psychic? Uh, no. Well, no? he's he's a little psychic, yeah. um, but he doesn't like to use it anymore. Oh. So, um, hmm. yeah, he, he, he would rather focus on things like historical, like fiction and uh, historical fiction or the Tudor period or architecture or things like that. Okay. Which is fine by me. Yeah. Um, but whenever we go on vacation, that's really the only time that he uses that because we're isolated. We're, you know, we're, we're together and we're in a different place and, uh, and then he will share things. Um, that happened a lot in England, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, that's when actually that's when his abilities uh, awakened. We were in uh, Westminster Abbey, and we were they have a number of different British kings that are interred there. Mm -hmm. And he was near one of the tombs, and he said to me, "There's <clears throat> there's a dead guy standing." And then he said, uh, "And he said I smell a rotted corpse." Oh. And I just thought, ew. That's gross. And, and uh, so, but I, I saw the guy that he was talking about. It was a shadow of a man. Mm -hmm. And so his ability developed, kicked off, if you will, by smelling dead people as rotting corpses. And I said, you can have that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So uh, um, eventually that went away and, and then he stopped really paying attention to it. So... I can kind of understand because I don't want to have to smell dead people. No, but yet I have to say he watches the forensic files and oh. Dr. G and all those gross things that I can't have no stomach for. Oh, really? <laughs> so, so here's the thing. I mean, we really make a good team because he doesn't mind the aspect of physical death and, you know, uh, autopsies and all that stuff. And I, I'd rather talk to people and pets on the other side. I don't want anything to do with the physical death part. Yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. Hmm. You work well together. Yeah. We do. We compliment each other. Yeah. Um, and I will say that it, it's good to have somebody that understands you when you have this ability, because when, um, when things happen, he knows enough to come over and say something to me. Like at, at my mother's wake, uh, I was standing before my mother when she was in the in the casket, and she she said to me, "Can you go get an eyebrow pencil? You need to darken my eyebrows because they didn't do a good job." And I and I started laughing, and I'm like, "No!" So so Tom ran up to me and he said, "Is your mother talking to you?" And I said, "Yes." 
and and he said whatever she wants the answer is no so <laughs> so i told him what she wanted and he says no you're absolutely not putting your hands down <laughs> and darkening her eyebrows she was very particular about makeup and that yeah all that but uh so it's good to have him he's a good balance Imagine the looks you would have had, too, had you complied with your mother's wishes. <laughs> like, oh, what yeah. is he doing? <laughs> yeah, everybody in the, yeah, everybody in the funeral home would be going, what? <laughs> what we is need going to on? take him away. He's lost it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, so that's, that is a danger when you are a medium is that, you know, you'll get messages. You'll be talking to yourself. Well, it looks like you're talking yeah. to yourself. And, uh, and then if you're, if you don't have somebody there to reel you back in, you may do something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find in a new place, have any pets um, communicated with you in the new place? No. Um, and there's a, the reason for that is that this is a brand new development in the woods and it's a dead end ah, street. Okay. So every house is new. Yep. So there, I'm not in a, an old house or an old neighborhood. Okay. Which is, which is good because... Um, when we first moved into our house in Maryland, there was a uh, there was a dead woman there who hung around, and she uh, came with the mattress oh. <laughs> that, that was donated to uh, to to us when we moved there. It was it, a, a friend uh, bought the mattress at a yard sale, and said because we didn't have a mattress and when we first started out and all that for the mm -hmm. guest room. And then he told us he bought it from a yard sale. And, oh, by the way, the woman next door died on it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so when, it, when we first put it in there, we began to see a woman at the top of our stairs in shadow. And we're like, oh, my gosh, she's, she's, still, she's still on the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to help cross her over. But, yeah. Did she seem confused? Or, or could you tell? Like, where am I? <laughs> She was confused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she wow. was confused. I think she had dementia at the end of her life. Okay. But, That's <sighs> yeah, yeah, so it's, it's crazy, but um, it can be fun to have these, <laughs> these abilities. Um, but for the most part, I look at having this ability as a way to comfort people around the world who have lost either human loved ones or, or pets. Do you ever communicate with um, pets that have not crossed over, that they're still with us? Or is it easier with the ones that crossed over? I can't communicate with pets who are living. That's what, That would be an animal communicator. Okay. So animal communicators, they analyze body language and barks and meows and, and things like that and, then, and behaviors. And they're able to discern what the pet is thinking or what happened to them. I don't have that ability. Hmm. At least not with not that. I can with my kids, but because you're closer to them, you have a connection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I don't have the ability. To do it's that. probably but, a good idea that you don't have that ability because when would you rest? Because you're always being bombarded with with animals. <laughs> true. Yeah. So I can't read wild animals. We addressed that in the beginning. Yeah, I was uh, just going to ask that. You read my mind. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm not psychic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can't, uh, yeah, so I can't communicate with wild animals because they don't know our, um, our habits. They don't know our language. They don't know our routines. There's no commonality between us and them. You know, all, 
Although if the power goes out, I may feel like I want to go outside and, and gather nuts for the winter time. <laughs> 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 but, um, but I can't communicate with them. That's interesting. Have you ever tried or you just don't want to? Um, I, I've tried to communicate with wild birds mm-hmm. before. Um, because sometimes uh, pets in spirit or people will will influence a bird or fire some other animal in nature to come and come and stare at you or act strangely to give you a sign and let you know that they're there. Mm-hmm. But I've never been able to get through to them. Okay. Again, that might be a blessing because you'd be bombarded with even more. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. I, I will tell you as a... Um, as a comic book fan, a superhero fan, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I loved Hawkman. I just yep. loved Hawkman. And he could talk to birds. And I always thought I could talk to birds. I always tried to talk to birds. Yeah. Even back then when I was a kid, not knowing that I would grow up and be able to talk to birds on the other side mm-hmm. that were domesticated. But um, So I guess I am kind of a spiritual Hawkman. <laughs> I remember, oh, was it in the 80s? I can't remember. There used to be this TV show called Manimal. And uh, this guy, oh, uh, he, you remember the show? I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. the premise. Yeah, I used to love that show. Just anything with animals always always fascinated me, but I can't communicate with them. Or I've, I've kind of tried, but no, I don't have that talent like you do. But you communicate with your own living animals True. all the time. Yeah, but a lot of times I find you're just able to read the body language. Or like with Willow, uh, we started using signing. So like if she's hungry, we'll 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 do this. Are you hungry? Do you want some food? And we'll just you know uh, put our fingers to our mouths, and then she'll lick her lips now. Uh, so now it's like oh okay. So she's she's starting to clue in with things like that. So um, but that's just that's yeah. My, that was my daughter's idea, and I thought huh. You're actually brilliant. <laughs> Who knew? Did she, did she do sign language? No. <laughs> she no. just she just thought if we started doing uh, signs with the dog, maybe we could communicate better because uh, she knows of you know um, when you t- teach um, chimpanzees or gorillas how to sign uh, mm-hmm. that you can actually communicate that way. So uh, I don't know if that's where she got the idea to try it with this dog, but she's super super smart because of the border collie. But um, I thought, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. That is a good idea. So I do use hand signals with our dogs um, for different things. Like sit will be one finger pointing down. I use stop. I found that stop was the most important um, command you could give your dog first, teach them, because it stops them in their tracks. Okay. If I knew, if I had taught Buzz stop, he never would have been hit by that car. And I think about it. Um, I also uh, kind of do a sweep with my arm, like say, come on. Mm-hmm. And, and that gets them to, to come to me. Yeah. So, so sign language really is a, a, an incredibly beneficial thing to do with pets. So kudos to your daughter. Yeah, I won't tell her that. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I will tell her. <laughs> She's going to listen to your podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she actually does, but... At least she tells me she doesn't. Well, she's missing out. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, I just wanted to say that cats are are really amazing animals because we've been kind of been focusing on cats with Pets in the Afterlife 4. Um, and there was a study that came out this past summer that said that cats absorb 
much more information than we think they do. Really? In the house. Yes. So um, beware of what you say and do in front of your cat because they're going to record it and play it back from the other side <laughs> if you oh, talk to me. Oh, that's interesting. Kind of like whenever, uh, where was this? Um, it was a zoo, I think it was. They had to, there was a certain parrot or some kind of a bird that's able to speak, and they had to keep them away from people visiting the zoo because it picked up on people swearing, and there was lots of kids that went by, and the parrot was always swearing and saying inappropriate <laughs> things. So <laughs> they had to keep that bird away from the public. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so something like that. <laughs> wow. Um <laughs> I can, there's one other, there's another story I like telling from Pets in the Afterlife 4 that I'd like to share with you about cats. Please, I'm not sure how much time we have, no, but. We, we got, yeah, we have time. Go ahead. Okay. So it probably, this is another one of my favorite stories from Pets in the Afterlife 4. And it's about a cat, a cat who gave me a word that I didn't know was a word. Um, and it, and it was just. Uh, it was another one of those instances where I got a message and I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to write this down. I'm not going to send this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, his mom is going to think I'm, I've lost my mind. So, so, so this cat named Buddy um, was communicating with me and he kept telling me the word M-A-L-A. Okay, that's mala. I, mal means bad in Spanish. Okay. I took Spanish for a couple of years in college, so I know that mal means bad, but never heard of mala. So when I wrote her, um, I said, this is going to sound crazy, but <laughs> this is the word that Buddy keeps repeating to me. I don't know what it means. Maybe you do. And and then I shared other things from Buddy. But then there's always one thing in a reading that always sticks out the most to people. Well, that was the thing. She wrote me back. And her name her name is Ingrid. She wrote me back and she said, Rob, um, I understood all the other signs that, that uh, Buddy gave me. Uh, through you, but the one that stood out the most was Mala. And so I kept reading, and she said, uh, there are only two living beings in this planet that know what that word means to me, me and Buddy. She said, every morning when we get up, I bring Buddy into my room, and we do what's called the Mala Meditation. And she said, nobody else knows this at all. Wow. <laughs> and that it gives me chills to even talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the way that he proved for sure that he was coming through to her and also proved to her that he, he liked being there and doing that with her. It was very special to him, which oh. is why he brought it up. That's... You must get excited too when you have like a validation when you when there's an image or, or a word that you don't you have no clue what it means and then the other person says well yeah it means a lot you must do you get excited I do I yeah. really do I'm like I'm like a kid uh, and I love it when people write me back so what I've been doing over the last year is whenever I get a response back about something I'll I'll put a little thing on social media and that'll be my post of the day. Um, like the other day, I remember uh, a dog kept um, stressing, thank you for wiping the 
boogers out of my eyes all the time because my, my eyes kept dripping. Yeah. And and that was the thing that hit his mom right on the head. She said, oh, my gosh, we would say that every day and clean his eyes every day. And and so, yeah. <laughs> wow. And that was the only time a dog has ever said that to me, brought that up. It's it's weird that, you know, pets will share a lot of common things with me. Mm-hmm. But then it's just that weird, quirky thing out of the blue. Wow. (laughs) Can you tell us any other uh, uh, instances that communication that you had communicated with uh, pets? Oh, gosh, I could I could probably bend your ear for like three hours. (laughs) (laughs) I could listen to you for hours. Oh, no. Well, (laughs) if if you ask that of of my other half, he'll say, okay, I heard you talk for about 20 minutes. That's enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll tell you one more. I'll tell you one more story. Okay. So, so in, uh, in 2017, there was this cat named Gracie that, um, came, came into a reading for me and she used something in nature, um, to let her mom know that, that she would be around. So I wrote, I wrote to her, her name is Linda. I'm looking it up. Um, she, Linda wrote to me and she said, she lost her cat, Gracie, to kidney disease. And, and, um, she's hoping that I would be able to communicate with Gracie and just find out how she's doing and get some kind of, you know, signs about how she's going to communicate. So, one thing that Gracie told me is that she would send uh, she would send Linda a sign in the shape of a heart, but it would be in the sh- in a leaf. It would be the, a leaf in the shape of a heart, and <clears throat> um, she said that uh, Gracie said that it, she will make sure that the leaf blows around her face or her body somewhere, um, but that's that will be the sign. So her mom said, her mom wrote back and said, well, you know, I live in the Midwest. We get a lot of leaves here. Um, you know, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. Well, she wrote me back, like, I think it was a, a week later. And she wrote, oh, no, two hours later. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you. She said, two hours later, I opened the door to the garage and I saw this, a heart-shaped leaf right in my path on a towel that I had thrown down in the garage. And she said it was the only leaf. And I can show a, a picture to you. Wow. Took a picture of it. And she said, I knew immediately that that was from Gracie. Oh. And Gracie had told me just earlier that day that that, that was going to be the sign. So... So when people read Pets in the Afterlife 4 about cats or 3 about dogs or the other two, um, you'll find out all of these amazing signs and ways that your pet will communicate with you. We just have to watch for them. Mm-hmm. That's the trick. Yep. Is that, and that's, that's the basis for writing these books is, is just to educate everybody on all the different ways that pets will communicate so that you don't miss them. I still see um, shadows from the corner of my eye uh, about the same size as Daisy. And I go and I, and I go to say hello to Daisy. Then I realize, oh, Daisy's in the backyard. But I think it was her. You know, she's, she's, still, she's still with us. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And the reason we see shadows instead of full color is because they don't have enough energy to, to become color. Oh, okay. Spirits are like, they're, they're, they're like low level energy. They're like a light bulb on a dimmer switch all the way down. And then when you turn it up, when they get enough energy, whether they draw it from love or heat, light, water, or electricity, they can get enough energy to become full color. Um, but otherwise, they just appear as shadows. I never thought of love being energy because I know, you know, being a paranormal investigator, uh, batteries will get drained, you know, things like that. But I never thought of emotions yeah. So th what I found is that in addition to those physical energies, um, spirits of our loved ones use love, faith and hope as positive emotional energies. And those would be our pets. But ghosts, earthbound ghosts use fear, anxiety, depression and anger. So if anybody on your paranormal team is feeling or experiencing one of those emotions, they're charging that ghost to get strong enough to make a noise or touch you or do something to, to convey their presence. Yeah that, so, yeah, that I did know about the ghost with the negative energies, yeah, but I never thought of the positive energies, especially with pets. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's all about your love. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Rob. I really appreciate this. Um, it was great talking to you again. Uh, before we sign off, could you tell the listeners where they can find you? Sure. Um, <clears throat> when I'm not sleeping, I am on the line. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on robguttrow.com, or if you can't remember my last name, just type petspirits.com. It goes to my website. Um, and I do write a weekly blog on the website, I do social media posts every single day on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or something because there's so many paranormal topics and so many stories to share. Um, so there's that. Um, and all my books are on Amazon. They're on Amazon around the world. So Amazon uh, Canada, Amazon US, uh, Amazon Japan, Amazon Europe. <laughs> you name it, it's there. Awesome. And the listeners, you already know what I'm going to say. I'm going to be adding the links to the show notes so it'll be easier to find. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to come back and talk to you. I mean, I really could talk to you for hours. Oh, you, I could too. You have such a great energy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I could I could listen to you for hours as well. We definitely have to do it again. Well, it's it's nice to make a friend up in Canada. Thank you. I mean, you, you really are. I really, truly consider you a dear friend. Um, you, you just, you just make me feel so good whenever oh, I talk to you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you made me feel. Oh, that made my day. Thank you. I think I'm. Yeah. I think I'm blushing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks so much, Rob. You're welcome. Until next time. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. 
The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. <laughs>